Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Good afternoon, nine minutes after one. This is Life Happens. You're on SAFM and my name is Pimelo Modena. I'm going to be with you until three o'clock. I want to tell you that coming up on the show, um, last week I promised to have a conversation with the Office of the Tax Ombud. We weren't able to do that. Something came up. So the Office of the Ombud has agreed to talk to us today. And this is an opportunity for you to ask all your taxing uh, questions and queries. Things, obviously, that you are not able to sort out with SARS. They are obviously the go-to after that and then they may be able to assist you. There are obviously some other changes that have been introduced lately and we're going to talk to you about those but the Office of the Ombud is available for all of your questions all tax-related problems that you may be encountering at the moment. Um, they will be with us just after 2 o'clock so do stay by, stand by for those questions. And then of course we are going to be speaking to um, ethnobotanist uh, Jean-Francois Sobieski is going to be with us and we're discussing all things uh, organic medicines, all things organic medicines and and he's now going to be talking to us about stuff that is going to help us ease our minds and some some herbs that he wants to introduce to us how we can be more relaxed at this time. But of course we then woke up today to the news that a veteran stalwart of this of the struggle in this country, the apartheid struggle in this country had fallen, and it really was a sad news indeed that we heard that Utata uh, Andrew Langeni had passed on, and we we wanted to do our bit in in commemorating his legacy, and it's also an opportunity for you to call in and whatever it is that comes to mind when you think of Tatam uh, Langeni. 891 The number is, is open for you to dial in. You can also send in your WhatsApp notes 614 And I'm aware that everybody has been talking about it, but so it should be. Um, it's going to be a conversation we're going to have for, for a few days and I think it's important. And, and we also hope that it doesn't die with the man, right? So we continue to remember him. We continue to celebrate his legacy and what it is that he did for for us. Um, my guest is Mandla Matebula, who's the author of Backroom Boy. Um, what a sad moment it is, but Mandla, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Yeah, indeed, uh, it's a very sad moment. You know, the message I got from uh, my friend this morning mm. when the news broke out was that the tree of integrity mm. and exemplary leadership has fallen. Mm, what a beautiful it was so amply put because exactly that you know um one thinks of his even post um uh, apartheid how he contributed to this government to our liberation in in parliament but everybody says who who worked along with him that he he wasn't a man about grandeur he wasn't a man that wanted pomp and ceremony he just was all about integrity not a single scandal to his name Yes, that's how we can summarize the life of this great icon who has left us. Uh, You see, I still believe even if God were to add 95 years Mm. more in his life, he wouldn't have changed. Mm. Uh, You know, integrity was what he believed in. But I think it it, it 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 went with uh, uh, discipline 
uh, the old man was very disciplined from a very young age. If you go through his history in the struggle, uh, he was that kind of a leader who will take orders from his seniors and uh, execute them to the until the end. And uh, when he gave orders in first, in his capacity as a leader, in his own right, he expected the same. Mm. Uh, yet, um, there were maybe others who were like him, but we know uh, it has been very difficult for many uh, to retain that uh, integrity mm. and to keep it intact until they pass away. He- and for him to have done that, uh, actually, we should be very proud as South Africans. We should. He, he he called himself a backroom boy, and so is the title of your book that you penned of his life. Um, because of exactly that, you know, he you speak of the fact that he was somebody who had a lot of discipline, who understood... Um, the fact that it wasn't about him and and always did things very quietly in the background there but but nonetheless was very dedicated and and i and i suppose it's it's part of the reason he says um he was chosen as one of very a handful of people who who went to china way before um we had the armed struggle in 1962 um because he was this dedicated cadre Yeah, actually, uh, his discipline or level of discipline caught the eye of Nelson then. Uh, when Umkontoesis was established and uh, the high command had already been put together, then the, 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 the task for recruiting food soldiers started. He was the first man to be uh, recruited to that role and he was recruited by Nelson Mandela himself. If you look at the manner in which he was recruited, uh, it was one uh, evening, uh, and uh, they, were, they, they had been in a meeting together with Nelson Mandela and others somewhere around Mfulu, and he took him to a, a, a deserted spot where, first of all, he engaged in some exercises with him and 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 instructed him to follow and he just followed and uh, he excelled in those exercises uh, to such an extent that then mandela uh, told him that i've uh, I, I, i've just recruited you as my first soldier in, in condolences and it was only later that he realized why he, he, he was chosen like that by a great man like Nelson Mandela. But uh, what we should be proud of as South Africans is that he lived that kind of life uh, throughout his life. Even mm. his own biography, he did not want it to be written. It was a struggle to convince him. Actually, uh, his foundation, the uh, uh, foundation, struggled to convince him of his biography um, written because he, he believed he was not in the struggle for glamour and cliffs and therefore he, he, he appreciated the fact that he uh, remained in the background. Unfortunately, there had been some 
incidents in his life uh, that brought him to prominence, like the <laughs> Rebonia trial and mm. other activities. Mm. So he could not escape the limelight, <laughs> even though he himself did not prefer to be seen in the limelight. Mm. He preferred his deeds to be seen in the limelight. Talk to me about what did he tell you about his encounter, his very first encounter with a, a very towering man who he says he met in 1962 in China, who happened to have been Mao Zedong. Well, he was caught by surprise because all he knew was that he and his comrades were going to China to train as soldiers. But that you will end up meeting that great man whom he admired a lot. It was a surprise to him. And um, when when uh, Mount Zedong visited him and his comrades, uh, no one told them beforehand uh, that he was coming. And the fact that he came uh, and he was accompanied by other big shots in, in the Communist Party of China and, and in government. And uh, the way he observed the man, uh, it, it was inspiring to him. Remember, at that time, when he met Mao Zedong, he had read a lot about him. Yes. Actually, uh, I think he had read all the books and he had been inspired by those books about uh, uh, guerrilla warfare and and, 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 and and politics in general. Because, of course, he was so, also a member of the Communist Party. Uh, when, yes, yes, because, you know, in politics, he was conscientized uh, by the likes of Ruth First. Mm-hmm in the Communist Party and then in the Communist League. And uh, he actually joined the ANC later on. Yes. And uh, if you look at the trail of the people who influenced him, uh, you, you, you realize those are not uh, ordinary people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ruth Seth, Oliver Tambo, Mao Zedong and others. That's why it was it was in him, it was his principle that you join the struggle for yourself. You join the struggle and and and, and participate in it for your people. Uh, in all honesty, the man was very loyal to his people and to the struggle and to his country. That's why he managed to keep his integrity intact. Mm. I think uh, what mesmerizes uh, some leaders is that they end up looking at themselves as heroes. And and Rumlange never looked at himself as a hero. He has always believed to to be a, a servant of the people. And whatever he was doing for the people, he believed he had to achieve it for those people he's fighting for and, and, and striving for, uh, 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 for to improve their lives. Mm. And, uh, that's something that we can learn from him. 
Mandla Matebulo is our guest, and we continue yes. to take your calls as well. 0891-104-207. Do join in the conversation as we pay tribute to the stalwart Dada Endrum Langenu, who passed away this morning. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Our lines are open. We're paying tribute to the stalwart veteran Andrew Langeni, who passed away this morning. And it is with heavy hearts. And it's, it's, it's an interesting way in which we are celebrating him because many would say, you know, the man had lived and he did and he had served and he, he lived to see this democracy come to life. But it's also very sad indeed. The family says, well, we didn't expect this to happen. You know, yes, he was a little bit unwell, but it's just still such a shock. Um, and, and and many people just saying, you know, we were not ready. We were not ready to let him go. Uh, we're paying tribute to Dada Andrew Langeni and my conversation was with Mandla Matebula who penned the book a backroom boy. Let me ask you, what what is it that drew you to him? Why did you feel it was so important to to write and pen the legacy, his story, his biography? Why was it so important for us to document the story? Why did you make it your mission? Uh, look, you know, uh, there are many leaders in our country whose history has been written. Uh, but you'll agree with me that there are others whose history is either less written or not written in or, or at all. And yeah. um, I looked at uh, uh, um, the whole background of the Revonia trialists. Mm. And when you Google at the time, you could find um, information about individuals there. You could hardly get information uh, uh, about him. And it, it coincided with the time in which the, 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 the Mlangin Foundation wanted his book, uh, I mean, his life documented in a book. And uh, the foundation was willing to convince him uh, to kickstart that project. So fortunately, I think the foundation, somebody told them about me and my interest. And they, they approached me, and it was easy to convince him. I still do not understand. Actually, he said it himself that uh, he, he did not know how uh, he was convinced that I should <laughs> I should write this book because he had he had, he had turned down many offers. Mm. He actually listed the number of people, including your colleagues in journalism, okay. who wanted to write, and some professors mm. uh, from universities who wanted to write about him and he turned them down. So, uh, as for, for, for that, um, it, it was encouraging. But, you know, his character was such that uh, he was easygoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was easy to say to him. And um, once you get closer to him, uh, he will talk, he will ask questions and and you'll relate, and he had very good memory. Uh, although, of course, when writing a book, you wouldn't rely much on his memory, sure. but you also preferred to to do your own e- e- e research, uh, which I did with the assistance of uh, some of the people uh, around me. Um, but then... Uh, 
we should also thank God that he did live, uh, he lived, I mean, 95 years. He did. Um, he did. Not many people will reach that age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you and me nowadays, uh, people do uh, succumb to various ailments. Mm. And he did live, and for him to have lived at least until he was convinced that his life needed to be documented, uh, I think we should thank God for that. Mandla, if you don't mind, we've got some voice notes. Some people want to add their voices to this conversation. Uh, Let's just take a listen to some of them. Hi, Pamela. This is Anila Singhila from Flagstaff in the Eastern Cape. I would like to to pass my condolences to the Mlangani family. And wishing his soul may rest in peace. Thank you. That's a voice note that just uh, obviously sending their condolences to the family and, and all of you who knew him well. Let me go quickly to a call. And this is Navari in Bombela. Navari, hi. Hello, Navari. Good afternoon. How are you? We well, thanks. Go ahead, Navari. I'm okay. Yes, no. We, we are paying tribute to uh, you know a, a man who had, uh, like your speaker said, committed the rest of his life in the fight against apartheid and the, and the oppression of black people. But I think we must also acknowledge that uh, uh, as, as part of uh, those who have lived to see the freedom, he represents the end of an era of a generation mm-hmm. of a men and women who have put their lives on the line in protection of the black rights and the black people of this country. So I think that we must honor him deeply. And I know that a lot of, it's not told about him. We do not know much about uh, Ndum Langen. I think that his foundation and the movement that he served so dearly must start to speak more about this Tolandwe. Uh, uh, a man who was fearless, a man of courage, a man who has actually in most difficult times had spent the rest of his life trying to protect his people. He has not actually been caught or been heard about any corrupt activities. Mm. He is a man who was very selfless and committed to the struggle. And I think that we must learn more about the, the commitment that he has had in his life to ensure that he liberates our people. Mm. Uh, and I just want to say that uh, we, we really lost um, you know, a dear father, a dear grandfather, a revolutionary par excellence, a man who can be compared to none other mm. in this country. Appreciate your, your your message there, Navari. Thank you very much for that. Manda, do you want to respond to those comments? Yes, I I think they captured the life mm-hmm. of uh, this icon very well. Yeah. It is said, yes, we, we are saying uh, God managed to keep him for ninety five years, but it is sad to lose him. Yes. And you know, um, another thing that makes it so sad is that uh, to find leaders like him at the moment. It's a mammoth task. Mm. And the fact that uh, he has left us uh, with those characteristics of uh, a man of integrity. It will be very difficult for us to... It's, it's so true. Yes, I mean, everybody I mean, has been speaking about his integrity, and we know this. We know that even to this day, he was very vocal about some of the things that he, he was not happy with, our own conduct as society as well. He, he really was very pained by how we are conducting ourselves as members of society. But he had a lot of sense of humor, even publicly so. Uh, even though, you know, for those who may never have met him, in public spaces, he had a massive sense of humor. Do you want to, you know, uh, share with us some of the moments that you remember that were quite um, humorous when you spent time with him? 
Yeah, well, you know, some of the things I can't say <laughs> on air that you would talk about. <laughs> but I know you've heard them. I right? have heard them, yes. Well. <laughs> uh, but, I, <laughs> so I, well, I remember at some stage, I think I visited him, and um, I was accompanied by my wife. Uh, and you know, most, uh, since uh, his wife passed away, he did not marry me. Um, he I famously was, was still looking. Of his <laughs> late wife. So he told me, no, you, you are so brave. Uh, you bring your wife here closer to, to, to a bachelor. Uh, don't be surprised if you leave this house without her. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that rings very uh, true. There was no dullness with him. Yes. Yeah. No, that rings yeah. very true. He he famously was still looking. Yeah, no, there, there was no dull moment. <laughs> Mandla, uh, Matabula, Actually, thank no, you. We can easily say what... Yes. Okay. No. Yes, no, no, go ahead. I mean, you can just wrap it up for yeah, us. Yeah, I was... Yeah. No, I was saying... We can sum it up and say, yeah, that element of being naughty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it it was fun. Actually, I enjoyed uh, spending time with him. Uh, I sometimes visited him to his house. And uh, there are many people who enjoyed uh, his comfort. You know, even his neighbors still had the same regard they had. Uh, when he occupied the house many years ago, because he never changed the house, mm. he still lived in Soweto at Dube, where he used to live with his wife when he was still a young man. Uh, I would say uh, let's honor the man and uh, let's try to emulate him and uh, let's record every information that will be used for the future generation. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. Mandla Matebula is the author of the biography. Um, this is uh, Andrew Mlangeni's biography. And it is available at stores. Um, you can also go to their website and the foundation's website to get more details. Thank you very, very much for that. We're going straight to Utsile Saku. We're so sorry we're late, Utsile. It's one thirty, and uh, Let's get the very latest in SABC News headlines.